chapter 2, beginning at verse 15. I wanted to thank you all for the Christmas present you gave me. It was quite overwhelming. Uh, my uh, family and I sort of planned a little vacation. We, uh, we planned this trip, not really having the money in the budget for, for a trip, but uh, it's potentially our last chance for all nine of us to do something together since our oldest daughter heads off to college. So uh, it really meant a lot to receive that gift. Uh, not like we're going to go splurge at all and, uh, 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 at Wisp or something, but just uh, it was uh, reaffirming to, to have that uh, given us. We can go and enjoy our time together as a family. Thank you very much. And uh, l- let me say something about Urbana. I went to, to Urbana twice. Uh, Emily, uh, Aaron Rist is at Urbana, and another young lady from our church, Janelle Esposito, has also gone there. Uh, I went to Urbana 87 as an unbeliever, okay? And uh, I was surrounded by all these Christians. I was a college freshman, and I hated it. I, the, there were all these people who wanted to, like, pray and and read the Bible, and they all wanted to become missionaries. Oh, I just couldn't stand them. I, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I went to try to pick up a girlfriend. <laughs> and uh, <sighs> thank you, Therese. Yes. <laughs> the, uh, well, the girls saw me coming from a mile away. They wouldn't even talk to me. It was amazing. Um, <laughs> But, uh, you know, I, so I took all my heavy metal and blasted as loud as I could. And I just, I did everything I could to, to make all those Christians around me as miserable as possible. And yet, and yet they prayed for me. They could tell what my issues were. And, and by the end of that week, uh, for the first time in my life, I was forced to admit that these, these people, these Christians, had something that I did not have. And, and uh, within four months, I actually became a believer. And so... Uh, Urbana 87 was, was very influential in, in me actually coming to Christ. And uh, in God's providence, uh, my wife and I both got to go to Urbana 90 as, as college seniors, as an engaged couple. And uh, God used it uh, again in our lives. So I encourage you very much to pray for uh, the two young ladies from our church who are there and, and for the whole conference. May God bless it greatly. We are looking at Galatians 2 this morning, uh, beginning at verse 15 and reading through verse 21. Paul says the following, We ourselves are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners. Yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law, because by works of the law no one will be justified. But if in our endeavor to be justified in Christ, we too were found to be sinners, is Christ then a servant of sin? Certainly not. For if I rebuild what I tore down, I prove myself to be a transgressor. For through the law, I died to the law, so that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not nullify the grace of God, for if justification were through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. If you could p- please put the first slide up there for me. When I, uh, I preach every, uh, uh, about every other month here, and right now, uh, as 
Pastor Dave is going through the, uh, the book of Revelation, I'm preaching through the five solas. Uh, back in October, I had a chance to preach on the first of the five there, sola scriptura. Today, we are doing the second of the five, sola fide. And if you came up to me and asked me, uh, Rich, are you a Protestant? I would say, yes, I am a Protestant. And if you would ask, uh, well, what does that mean? I would say very simply, this is what it means. I believe in the five solas. In a nutshell, that is what it means to be a Protestant Christian. I get my beliefs from the Bible alone. I believe in justification by faith alone, in salvation by grace alone. I believe that Christ is the only mediator between God and man. And, of course, if those first four are true, then God must get all of the glory for the salvation of sinners. If you would uh, skip the next slide, actually, and go ahead and go on to the third one for me, please. Thank you very much. Today we focus on the second of the five solas, sola fide. The, uh, the most basic question in life is how to be right with God, how to be forgiven by God. And the Bible's answer to that question is that we are justified by faith, specifically by faith alone. Now, sola fide, of course, is Latin. Uh, literally, it just means by faith alone. But that phrase in and of itself is not adequate to really uh, define sola fide. So what sola fide really means is, is, is we get what by faith alone? What, what, what is by faith alone? Now, we don't want to say salvation. We specifically want to say justification. That's right. Salvation is by grace alone. Justification is by faith alone. Uh, when we do the third sola, sola gratia, we'll discuss the difference. Uh, the opposite of faith is works. So we say that we're justified by faith, not by works. The opposite of grace is merit. So we say, we say that we're saved by grace and not by merit. And uh, faith in what? We're justified by faith in, in Christ, uh, and specifically by faith in Christ alone and not by works. So let me, uh, uh, if, if you'll allow me, go through each of the terms uh, in this definition of sola fide. First of all, uh, the term justification. Uh, the word justify is used in conversational English some, but that uh, everyday use is not very helpful. When, when, uh, when someone does something bad and is getting in an argument with someone else who doesn't like whatever bad thing they did, and the person starts defending themselves, and the other person says, stop trying to justify yourself. What do they mean? Stop trying to come up with excuses. Okay, so the word justify is still used in conversational English, but that is not what the word means in the Bible. The word justify does not mean to try to come up with excuses for yourself. The word, the word justify is actually a, a legal term. And, oh, goodness, when, when I say the word uh, surfing, what, what setting do you think of? The, the beach, good, thank you, okay. Uh, when, when I say, uh, oh, help me here. When I say uh, hiking, what setting do you think of? 
Okay, good. Now, when I say the word redeem, what setting do you think of? Redeem, a grocery store. It's so sad. Okay. (laughs) Because because, uh, that's actually the only way we use the word redeem really anymore in our culture. We redeem a coupon. But biblically, when you use the word redeem, what, what setting should pop into your mind right away? A, a what? A, louder, a slave market. A slave market. The word redeem is a very specific word. It means to buy a slave and set him free. So the original, the original reader of the New Testament in Greek, when they saw that word uh, redeem in the Bible, they would have gotten that picture in their mind. Just like when uh, I hear the word surfing, I think of beach When they heard the word redeem, they would have thought of a slave market. Well, the word justify is what kind of word? Okay. I love you. I love you. It's a legal term, all right? A legal or forensic term. So, again, the original reader, when they heard the word justify, what setting would they have thought of right away? A courtroom. They would have thought of a courtroom. Now, this this is sort of one of my great personal desires for you and... Uh, it's sort of one of those little simple things you could do to make me happy, that if I, if I were to come up to you, say, five years from now, and say, uh, all right, uh, beach. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, not beach. Uh, thank you. Surfing. And you say, beach, uh, hiking, uh, mountains, uh, redeem, slave market, justify, courtroom. And, and if, if, you, if you have that sort of setting in mind, it just sort of, <laughs> sort of like, Warm fuzzies make me happy, okay? The, the word justification is a legal term. And uh, literally it means for a judge to acquit a defendant or to declare a defendant not guilty. Now, I realize in one sense the jury does that. Just work with me here, okay? It basically means for the uh, person on trial to be declared not guilty. You recall from... Uh, a sermon uh, I did on Romans last year, that justification actually has two halves. There is a, the negative half, the forgiveness of sin, and the positive half, which is the imputation of Christ's righteousness. And you add all that together, and you get the biblical understanding of uh, <clears throat> justification. Which person of the Trinity most, most especially does this, justifies the guilty sinner? Is it God the Father, God the Son, or God the Holy Spirit? Who justifies? Is God the Father who justifies? He's the judge. All right? Now, uh, who is your lawyer making this possible? Yeah, God the Son. It's the second person of the Trinity who's defending you, who is securing this, uh, this verdict of not guilty, even though, of course, <clears throat> we actually are guilty. How many times does God the Father justify a sinner? Once. Only Once. When God the Father justifies you, you are justified for all sins, past, present, and future. Uh, When we pray for forgiveness every day, and I hope that you do, Jesus taught us to pray for forgiveness, Uh, we are not asking God to justify us again. Uh, That's the difference between courtroom forgiveness and family room forgiveness. The courtroom stuff has has been done. What am I trying to say? We don't live in a courtroom anymore. When God the Father justified us, okay, uh, we got transferred out of that courtroom. God adopted us. He is now our father, and we don't live in a courtroom anymore. We live in a family room. Our, our relationship with God now is not a judge-defendant relationship. It's a father-son relationship. 
But, you know, of course, relationships need constant forgiveness to go well. And so on a daily basis, we're constantly going to God our Father, asking for forgiveness uh, to sort of maintain a healthy relationship with God. But we are not asking Him to justify us. Okay, that's, that's once and done. We're asking for that sort of uh, relational forgiveness. All right, that is, uh, that is what we get by faith. We get this justification, this acquittal, this declaration of being not guilty in God's courtroom. <clears throat> now, this justification is by faith, and I'm actually going to skip that the, and come back to it. This topic is so broad. Uh, I had hours of stuff, and, you know, I'm, how, how on earth do I, like, narrow it down to 25 minutes because, I mean, Christmas was just a couple days ago and we're all pretty tired, okay, so we're definitely not doing a super long sermon today. All right, so I emailed Dave and I said, you know, where should I focus? And he suggested focusing on faith. So I'm just going to skip that for a moment and then try to come back and focus on that. So let me move on to the rest of the definition. Uh, we're justified by faith in Christ. Now, uh, to, to trust in Christ means to trust in two things. First of all, we trust in the work of Christ and second of all, we trust in the person of Christ. My trusting in the work of Christ, that means I'm, I'm putting my trust in, in what he did while he was on earth as my prophet, priest, and king, in his instruction, in his substitutionary death, in his conquest of death and hell. I, I, I trust in that instead of in anything I might do. But I don't, I don't just trust in what he did. He's alive right now, and so part of trusting in Jesus is trusting in a living person. I'm still trusting in him to function as my prophet, as my priest, and as my king right now. So we talk about trusting in the person, I'm sorry, in the work of Jesus, what he did, but also in the person of Jesus, what he continues to do for us. And uh, a very important part of the definition up there, of course, is the word alone. Uh, we believe in uh, justification uh, uh, by faith alone. Now, uh, my wife has a Roman Catholic background. I know that, uh, that many other people here do. And uh, I, I've been told over the years that whenever I bring up Catholicism, I often do so in, a, in, a, in an ungracious manner, and, and that, that's certainly not my intent, and uh, it's, a, it's a weak area of mine. So I am going to uh, bring up this reformational issue here for a moment, but if there's anyone here who's, who either is a Roman Catholic or has that background, forgive me if uh, I've come across as unloving here, and, and pray for me to not do that, okay? Um, we, we just had uh, Christmas with my wife's family, all, all Roman Catholic yesterday, and it's, it's just a, a struggle for me here. But the, uh, the, the, I mean, the Reformation happened because some people believed in justification by faith alone, and some believed in, in justification by works, that you could earn the forgiveness of God. And the Western Church, I don't believe Roman Catholicism is any older than Protestantism. I believe that the Western Church broke, it split into two groups on this issue. And the group that decided to believe in justification by faith alone is, is now called the Protestant Church. And the group that said, no, that we are actually capable of earning the forgiveness of God as long as we try really hard to obey and try really hard to, you know, not do anything bad and go to church a lot and all that, that, that group we now call Roman Catholic, all right? But uh, I, I very much think of the Reformation as a church split, one of the great church splits in, uh, 
in, in the history of, uh, of the church. And, uh, and that's why the word alone is so important. Uh, my mother-in-law is a Roman Catholic Bible teacher. And if you talk to her about this issue, you know, she would, she would say that, you know, do, do, do Catholics have faith? Absolutely. Do we believe faith is necessary? Absolutely. The, the disagreement comes over the word alone. Okay? Is, is the forgiveness of God a free gift that Christ has earned for us that you receive by faith? Or do you have to sort of do your share? You know, Jesus did some of it. The saints maybe do some of it. Well, whatever sort of version of Catholicism you have, maybe you pray to saints or, or Mary or whatever. They all do their part. But uh, do you also have to do something to earn that forgiveness, at least some of it? Or is it, in fact, entirely earned for you by Jesus? That is, of course, the, the main difference between Catholicism and uh, Protestantism. We believe that this justification is by faith alone. Uh, our culture has become very uh, pluralistic, and I was just reading some uh, editorial on, in the Washington Post a couple days ago in which the author was trashing religions. He was basically saying that all religions are the same, which is another way of saying that all religions are equally stupid and meaningless and worthless. But uh, when, whenever someone says to me, all religions are the same, here's my stock answer. I always say to them, you are absolutely right. All religions are the same. But Christianity is not a religion. See, all religions are basically the same. You are absolutely right, but Christianity is not a religion. And here's what I mean by that. All religions teach that you can earn the forgiveness of God. Now, the rel different religions disagree with how you do that. You know, in Islam, you've got to practice the five pillars. In Judaism, you know, you have to follow the, the various laws of the covenant. In liberal Protestantism, you have to be <laughs> nice. Maybe that's that's about it, you know. And I grew up in a very liberal Protestant church. I think that was about it. Nice people go to heaven. I think that's basically what I was taught. And uh, uh, of course, Roman Catholicism. You have to, you know, there's various uh, what the seven seven sacraments and and uh, you know trying to do good things and not do bad things, so on. So I mean, are all these religions ultimately the same? Absolutely, they are because they're all teaching that you can earn the favor of God, you can earn the forgiveness of God. Are all religions the same? Yes, they are. But Christianity is not a religion. The Bible teaches that there is nothing we can do to earn the forgiveness of God. We're justified by faith alone. Now let's go back to that word, faith. What does it mean to have faith, and specifically faith in Christ? Uh, Hmm. I'd love a chair, a mobile chair. Is there a chair back there that can be picked up and moved? This is something I meant to do uh, beforehand and forgot. Oop, great, that would be wonderful. Thank you very much. Thank you, David. The uh, technical definition of faith is, uh, is that faith has three components, knowledge, assent, and trust. Knowledge, assent, and trust. So first of all, knowledge. 
my senses are communicating certain information to me about this object. My eyes tell me that there is a chair in front of me. Okay, so I now possess this knowledge. That's the first step. Ascent. Ascent means I choose to believe my senses. I decide that my senses are communicating accurate information to me. Not only does there a chair appear to be here, but that there actually is a chair. That is the second step. The third step of faith is trust. My senses say there's a chair. I agree there's a chair. But in order to actually trust in the chair, I have to do what? Obviously sit in it. And if you've spent some time sitting in some of our chairs in this um, <laughs> sanctuary, you, you, you know from personal experience that, the, that that third component of faith, um, well, <clears throat> let me put it this way. I, I broke that chair on Christmas Eve uh, night right there, right? There. So uh, reminder, I need to lose a little weight. But the... the <laughs> The, uh, the component of trust is, is part of faith. So here's why we define faith that way. Does Satan believe that there is a God? Of course he does. He, he knows that. Uh, does Satan know for a fact that Jesus is the Son of God? Yes. Does he know that he, he died and that he rose from the dead? Absolutely. He knows these things. Uh, does it do him any good? No, it doesn't. Um, Faith is not just knowing all the necessary facts. If you, if you know that God is the maker of heaven and earth, that he's our lawgiver and judge, that he sent Jesus to be the savior of the world, that Christ died as a substitute for sinners, that God raised him bodily from the dead, he's ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father from whence he will come one ju- day to judge the living and the dead. I'm glad you know all that. If you know all that and believe all that, is that faith? No, it is not. It is not enough to know all that and believe that. That is not saving faith. Um, Saving faith is more than that. It is actually trusting in what Jesus did and trusting in what he did for what? What are you trusting him for specifically? For, For what? For justification. I mean, here's the terrible thing. And... If this comes across, maybe I'm going to say this badly, and feel free to correct me afterward, but it seems to me that there are millions of people in hell today who believed all the right things about Jesus. They did believe that he is the Son of God. They did believe he died. They did believe he rose from the dead. And not just, and they didn't just believe all the right stuff about him. They actually trusted him for all sorts of stuff. They trusted him to take care of them in life, to feed them, to to watch over their children, to to care for them. They trusted him for basically everything in life except for one thing. The one thing they didn't trust him for was justification. For that one thing, instead of trusting in the work of Jesus for that, that one area, they said, this I'm going to earn through, uh, through all the religious stuff I do, through trying my best to be a good person, for trying to avoid all the big sins. I am going to earn the forgiveness of God. I will trust Jesus for everything except the one thing you absolutely have to trust him for. And th- the terrible thing is, it's, it's tragic 
I mean, it's, it's one of the great tragedies of the human race to have so many people who have been part of the church, big church in the broadest sense, who would say, yes, I'm a Christian, and, you know, believe all these right facts about Jesus, and, are tr- and do really do trust him for so much, but they don't trust him for this, for the one thing that you just absolutely have to trust him for. You can't earn the forgiveness of God. You have to trust Christ for that. He earned it for you. It is a free gift. And I do want you to trust Jesus for all that other stuff too. But when we are talking about faith, we're talking specifically about faith in Christ, specifically trusting him for justification, for the forgiveness of our sins. And, and let me appeal to you right now. If, if, you, if you know Jesus, if you know who he is and you love him, and you're trusting him for just about everything else, I am very glad. But this is what you need to trust him for most of all. He has earned the forgiveness of your sins for you. That is not something you can earn for yourself. I beg of you, trust him for that as well. In the uh, Garden of Gethsemane, uh, the night before Jesus is crucified, he, thank you, you can turn that off for me now. He asks his father, if it is possible, uh, let this cup pass from me, yet not my will, but thine be done. And it seems to me the question Jesus was asking his father was, was this, if there is any other way for sinners to be forgiven, let's go with that instead. All right, and this is, this is one reason I believe there were 4,000 years between the fall of Adam and, and the sending of Jesus. Basically, 4,000 years of God teaching and showing us in lots of different ways that there was no other way to deal with the fall of the human race. There has to be a mediator. There has to be a go-between, a lawyer, a representative, an advocate. There has to be someone between me and God. And when we talk about being justified by faith alone, that is what we're talking about. We're, we're talking about how, how I admit, I acknowledge that I can't go straight to God, that God can't just forgive my sin, that in fact there has to be this go-between, this person to represent me before God, this lawyer who will pay the, the price for me, this, this person who will secure my salvation. And you know, I trust in him. I mean, imagine you're, you've murdered someone and, and everyone knows that you're so guilty and you go, your, your trial's about to start and everyone comes in and says, don't worry, the judge is just. <laughs> I mean, how is that good news? I mean, that, that's, that's the worst possible thing you could hear at that moment because, of course, just means getting what you deserve and what you deserve is death. You know, and, and, and that's the kind of God we have. Uh, do you realize you can do something that God can't do? Something good. You can actually forgive the person sitting next to you. Just forgive them, okay, without a blood sacrifice, okay, without them even asking for forgiveness, okay? Uh, why can you do that and God can't do that? God is actually the judge of heaven and earth, and God is a holy God, and the only way he can forgive 
your sins, is if there is a, a lawyer, an advocate, someone who can actually reconcile you to the Father, someone who can pay the price for your sins so we can say that God is just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. I mean, you're guilty of murder and you go in, I have good news for you. Your lawyer is the son of the judge. The, the judge is pleased with your lawyer and loves your lawyer. The, the judge killed your lawyer in your place. Blood has already been shed. Justice has already been done. Your crime has already been punished. That's the kind of lawyer you have. Trust him. Is that good news? That is good news. We are justified by faith alone in Christ. That is the gospel. Praise be to God. Let's pray. Father in heaven, it is to your glory that you are just, but it is bad news to us sinners that you are just. We thank you that in your son Jesus, you have provided a way for you to be both just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. I pray that you would help us never try to earn that forgiveness, but simply to trust in the finished work of Jesus, to receive that forgiveness as a free gift to give you all the glory for it this day and always, we pray in Christ's name. Amen.